Meet other like-minded musicians who share the same passion as you, the future teachers, promoters, or music therapists. Applications open. Apply now. Study at the Academy of Music and Sound. Welcome to the Off The Record podcast, the show where we talk to people working in the music industry today. Uh, we've got a really exciting show for you coming up. We've got two amazing guests. Uh, we've got Kirsten and we've got Lindsay, aka Girl Band Blog, on today to chat to us about digital content creation and all that goes into that. So Kat, do you want to tell us a wee bit about Lindsay? Yes, so I am a massive fan of everything Lindsay puts out, both personally and professionally. Every time I see a post, I know it's Lindsay's. Straight away, I can just mm. tell by the style and like the way she's like displayed everything, and even just like the quirky new like design trends she's even spotted on Instagram. I'm like, how did you do that? Where did you learn that? So I was so glad to get it on because I was like. I think especially when we've been living in such an online world, I was like, we need to know more about how to be a bit more eye-catching when it comes to digital content creation. So I was like, I need to get inside Lindsay's mind. How does she do it? <laughs> what does she do? So I can hopefully learn a few tricks myself. Yeah, definitely. And Kirsten, she's also a she's a freelance photographer and a digital marketing manager and social media mastermind for the Dumfries Music Conference, which sort of aims to get young people in Dumfries a platform and to connect with people working in the music industry. Um, and yeah, her social media presence is just, is, is stunning. Like her grid is perfection. <laughs> like obviously she's a photographer, but like that combined with her like social media genius, you're just like, oh my God, it's just amazing. Oh, and it's so good that we've managed to get like two very different, but really like, savvy digital like experts Lindsay works for tiny changes as well doing a bunch of other passion projects so i think we're going to get a really good insight into today's podcast with that in mind coming up in part one we get to find out how they got into content creation and digital marketing um because we all think we're into content creation and digital marketing but that's part of the misconceptions about what their roles are so we get to find out a little bit about what some of those misconceptions are and their digital habits I'm really glad that we've got you both on because you have similar work, but you're both doing like very different things as well. So it's really good to get different perspectives and you both wear a lot of different hats when it comes to your work from marketing to photography and all the cool ways that we can create content these days. So what we kind of want to know first off is what made you want to channel these skills into working within, you know, an industry that you're really passionate about? Um, I'll go first, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, well, I suppose I, I've been doing photography longer than I've, you know, been doing social media or, or marketing and photography has always been a thing that's been part of my life and I feel like the social media and the content creation really goes hand in hand um, and it wasn't until I was given an opportunity to do a, a marketing internship that everything kind of started to make sense and fall into place and I realised how much I could use my skills in photography and, and making videos that I could really start to build this career really based off that and, and producing things for people. That's really cool. What about you, Lindsay? Um, so when I left school and stuff, I actually 
my first degree was in like music business and stuff and I was like so interested I've always been really interested in the music industry um but then after uni I went and done um like a master's in marketing because I really love like the whole idea of like that was digital marketing um like content creation and that sort of thing so when I left but it was quite obviously just because it was a business course it was very business focused and less creative so during my time there that's when I started my blog and then it just was like my little creative outlet kind of thing um so that allowed me to like keep my passion for music going and um yeah so that's kind of my story and um yeah cool yeah so I was just really interested to know so like for a lot of us it feels like we've grown up on the internet um and so like before you started doing sort of digital content professionally I'm curious to know if you were like part of any like online communities before like the big social media boom like Tumblr or fandoms or forums? Um, I really owe a lot of my skills to MySpace. <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, I was yeah. like, I hope someone else is part of the MySpace generation here. <laughs> Honestly, I sometimes I wonder, like, I think all the skills that I know, I, I learned from MySpace. And mm-hmm. when I first discovered it, I was so obsessed with it. Like, doing all those little bulletins and you know changing my top eight every day and <laughs> I would have like people ask me if I could like change their backgrounds and and update their profiles for them so I get and before that I don't know if if I'm showing my age here but there was a thing called like face party <laughs> and it was literally like you couldn't interact with anyone it was just like this profile you created for yourself and and that was it but um I yeah I suppose like you know that MySpace era was just it was so fun and engaging and even though you know I was a teenager and going out and seeing my friends it was just like this whole new experience that was beyond MSN where you could really like have such a creative personality and get to know other people in such a creative way. That's so true I know like quite a few people who learned how to do like basic coding via MySpace and Bebo. (laughs) Yeah yeah Uh, it's so true I was like I was kind of interested to know yeah if that sort of like helped you like this unconsciously is like sort of come into your work just now which makes sense it does um but yeah I also was curious like I know a lot of digital marketing and content creation there's more to it than meets the eye I think like a lot of people think oh you just you guys just make things look good (laughs) but in reality you have to be really creative but also understand analytics and be like super social media savvy so what do you think is like a common misconception people have about your job sometimes I feel like people think oh like you just um like post something and like leave it and it's fine and like you know like all you do is just post something on Facebook and it's like I don't know I feel like like you said there's a lot more creative process and like strategy that goes into everything like whereas like I even see some job ads today and it's like they're just like oh we want someone for Facebook but even within that there's like there's what kind of content you know like do you want videography like photography do you want Facebook ads like there's just so much involved in each platform and I feel like yeah people don't realize sometimes the amount of work that goes into each one and kind of hitting the nail on the head kind of thing. Mm, totally. Kirsten, would you, do you have similar feelings? Yeah, completely. I think, you know, because we all have social media, we all use social media, we all know how easy it is just to give someone a comment, like like a post. People think it, it's pretty straightforward. But I think this 
year, well not this year, last year, sorry, it's proved more than anything how uh, aware you need to be of what you're posting and, and, you know, who you're talking to, who your audience is, because I think we'll have all noticed that, you know, people are really disengaging with online things because you're just exhausted with it. And mm. so in that instance, you know, what you're putting out has to be even better. And then, yeah, like Lindsay says, you know, if if you're looking for somebody to do Facebook, that's fine. But yeah, what are you looking for? Are you looking for videography, photography? And then it has to be like really good quality on top of that. Um, mm. So yeah. That's so true, yeah. Because you sort of hear a lot today about sort of like, um, I guess like social media fatigue or digital fatigue. And I can imagine that must come into a lot of play with you guys when you're just so online all the time and it is part of your job. And also I think coupled with that, sort of like a lot of the older generation might not understand what your job is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think like with the lockdown and stuff and like everything that's happened, I feel like a lot of people have a newfound appreciation for the work that we do because obviously like if you've had a traditional business um that didn't have social media like how would you ever survive during a lockdown like you know like you need to adapt and I think a lot of people really realize the value of social media and good social media like during lockdown and they've kind of switched things up a bit which is good to see I think a lot of people as well there's a lot of misconceptions about like you put a photo up and people just think that you took a nice photo like I don't think they get like the processes that go into just putting up say that photo and even thinking about the caption and just how it fits in the wider grid of things as well yeah exactly yeah. it can be difficult and I think you know and it's the same when you're like pricing yourself it's you know people are not just paying for your time but your experience as well and and, you know think about how much all that equipment costs as well and exactly yeah it is like a lot of time and effort and a lot of experience behind that one one image that people are you know they just scroll past for, just to give people an idea like what what are some of the kind of processes that go through your mind so say for example you've got to upload an image to instagram or something like that what are kind of the things that you take into consideration before you get to that kind of final product that we see on the grid Personally, um, so if I'm shooting something like an Instagram photo or like an ad content photo or something, I'll always just kind of like make sure it ticks all the boxes of the kind of brand sort of thing. I hate like referring to people with brands, <laughs> but like, you know, like, I want to post something that people aren't interested in. So just make sure it's like in line with like you how you are and stuff as a person and also like aesthetically, like if it fits in with your grid because I'm big fan of like like color coordinating everything and making sure everything's like very kind of in sync that's something I like to do I know like you don't have to do it but um yeah and just make sure it's creative on brand and like aesthetically like fits I would say for me yeah totally agree I, I think some other I guess things maybe I, you would think about is like the time um you know, if you think about what time your specific audience are online, like, you know, sort of boring things, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> making sure, that, like, you know, they're online so that you can engage with it. And then, yeah, thinking about, like, does it fit in with that brand, tone of voice? And, you know, I'm sure Lindsay will agree if you manage, like, several social media accounts, it can be quite difficult to switch yeah. your tone of voice between, mm. like, the accounts that you're doing. And, and sometimes it's fun when I do my own social media because I'm like, oh, I can just, like, say what I want I'll just be myself and I'm like yeah. wait who am I <laughs> um, 
but yeah, and then, you know, thinking about like your hashtags, are you using the right ones? Are you, you know, communicating the right message through the words that you're using? Um, so yeah, there is a lot to think about with one post. <laughs> do you know, you're, you're so right though, because I, I used to do social media for quite a big um, company and I I changed when they posted. I said, oh, you should post at like eight o'clock in the morning. And then they're like, why? I was like, if people are on the bus or the train, exactly. like they're looking at their phone, like you're missing out on good people. Like just because you're in the office at nine o'clock doesn't mean that we should be posting at nine o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> Revolutionary ideas. Yeah, it can make a world of a difference as well. Like if you've spent so long creating something that's really amazing, like even if it is so great and you post it at the wrong time, it can just, if it doesn't like perform well within the first while of it um, being live, then it just doesn't go anywhere. So it's, it would be a shame. It's so crushing. <laughs> Has that changed over lockdown what time you post certain things than you did pre Every, Everyone's online all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Just go for <laughs> it. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Do you know what? Since we're kind of talking about lockdown, I think it, this is a good time to kind of talk about how, you know, that idea of digital content and marketing, how it's constantly evolving and we're getting all these cool new tools and apps that we can use to create content and post and do things. I just saw like Channel 4 advertising for a TikTok producer, like a TikTok producer for just, like you said, one app. And I was like, I could I could totally do that. Like, I'm sure I could. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I could. But like, that is the exciting thing about it, you know, but is it actually, I find it quite exciting, but how do you guys feel? Do you find it exciting or is it quite stressful? Um, I, It's kind of a combination of both. Um, For me, like, when we first went into lockdown and it was obvious that, you know, with, with um, Dumfries Music Conference and with the Stove Network that I work for, it was really obvious that we were going to have to move our platforms online and immediately I was like felt this sense of responsibility because obviously I I do all the social media and the digital marketing and a lot of that kind of fell on me but we kind of all just really pitched in and you know we were able to to come together and come up with a plan but it it, it is difficult and one of the difficult things is obviously being online all the time and if you're trying to avoid the news you can't avoid it because you have to be online. Um, but I think that if 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 you're clever and you're planning well, then everything should go smoothly. Um, but yes, yeah, you know it can be scary. But it was also a really great opportunity to kind of showcase, you know, what I what I could do really well. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure Lindsay would would feel the same. Yeah, yeah, I feel like. Um, yeah, with tech, like especially like platforms like TikTok, it's so great to see how they're really like getting behind like smaller creatives and really pushing their work out there. Whereas I feel like sometimes platforms like Instagram, they kind of tend to tend to favor big accounts, and it's really hard to grow. But I feel like new platforms are really giving young creators and like emerging creators a chance, which is refreshing to see. But at the same time, as well, when like there's a, a new platform and then a new thing like Twitter stories and then something else that's also you're like should I be doing this as part of my job like it does add to your workload as well which is if, if you're, that's what your client wants so it's um yes yeah, quite can be quite stressful <laughs> I think as well like TikTok for example I found so many new like 
music artists that and that I love just from TikTok. So you're yeah. right. It, I think especially if you want to promote a musician, TikTok seems to be the place to be as well. Just because, like you said, Instagram. I think because it's linked up with other bigger platforms, it just feels to be kind of like drowning in the bigger names. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. And I actually read an article the other day on Rolling Stone mag, and it was saying how like TikTok is the future of music journalism. And I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll be looking. I'll be looking for your blog on uh, TikTok soon. Then that's where that's when I'll find you. It's kind of true though. But like, I've watched a couple of TikToks, and it's all these teenagers like being like, "Oh, these ten bands that you, if you like this, you'll like this." And it's like they have such a broad knowledge of music that I just did definitely did not have as a teenager. And it's like so mm -hmm. crazy. These kids who have like obviously grown up on the internet and like music is just like everywhere there, and you just like you can acquire so much knowledge and like it is like a good basis of being like getting your hands dirty in music journalism or like also I heard someone else being like isn't it crazy like now they're just like millions of like mini movie editors <laughs> like people just like <laughs> so good. make mini films all the time <laughs> like that used to be like people are paid millions for that job but like there's all these kids who are doing it like and making this amazing content it's crazy but yeah, I also wanted to ask you, uh, Lindsay, so with working in digital content, um, it often means there's like making a lot of branded content as well. And I wondered like, what advice would you give people going into like their first brand deal? Um, going into their first brand deal. Especially just, with all um, those bloody new laws that have come out as well, because that's, oh that's the minefield actually. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, like with the ASA and thing. I, I suppose that's probably the most important thing really just first up like disclosing everything you're doing um I feel like I'm like I always disclose everything that I, I do just because I know like the implications it can have if you don't but it really infuriates me when people don't disclose their ads because uh but yeah I'd say disclose like make sure everything's fully disclosed like just make sure the content you're putting is something like you would want to see you know and um because sometimes like brands like can approach you and it can seem like tempting at the time and stuff so um but I think it's important to like evaluate everything you're doing and like just make sure it's like 100% like authentically you I think that's the best type of content yeah I've heard a lot of influencers say they say no to more deals and they say yes to I 100% do because I, I just feel like and also with a thing with like payment and stuff as well it's like I think because there are more and more creators out there and more people kind of they're they're new to the game and they don't really know what their rates are and stuff and I think some people just email you and expect you just to like take on the, the job or whatever and for like gifted product or like you know like a really silly amount of money so if you're spending your time and editing and making something really great like you should also like value yourself when you're kind of um agreeing on like pricing and that sort of thing there's just so much to consider here I'm so glad I don't have that pressure of you know <laughs> doing all that stuff although I mean don't get me wrong I, I I just really love all what you do I don't think I can be in that position of trying to like think gosh I, I'm trying to work on my own brand never mind helping someone else with their brands whatever that is <laughs> but I suppose I think what I see in, in both of your contents though is like 
the passion that you have you obviously do things you know take on projects that you are really interested in or really care about but so is that important to you or is it or is it a case of actually just trying to find elements of a project to be passionate about if it's not something that immediately grabs you because it is a competitive market so sometimes we don't have that luxury of of picking something that we're completely passionate about yeah I think I I do feel really lucky to to be able to work with the people that I do and you know I, it definitely is something that I'm really passionate about like working within music and within the arts and I, I do feel extremely lucky that I have these positions Um I think that you know you do kind of have to have some kind of passion, like some kind of love for what you're doing, because essentially you're not the face, but you're the voice of, of somebody's organisation, somebody's brand. And so that love and that excitement needs to be there to, to engage with your audience and to engage with people and to get them excited about it too. Otherwise, you know, people are, there's not going to mean anything to people if, if they don't get excited about it in the same way that you do. Exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like I don't know, like, cause I was I was in a job for like, um, I think it was just about two years, and like by the end of the time, I was like, oh, like I don't know if I could feel it. Like it wasn't really for me, and oh. I think it was it was definitely much more of a struggle to write, especially when you're writing content. I think that's when it is like most challenging because you're really trying to be really enthusiastic and be like the voice of the brand but at the same time you're like oh this isn't really for me kind of thing um but since I've been working with like my recent clients and stuff they're just amazing people to work with and it's so like I don't know it's just a breeze like writing content for them and I think that's a good sign of like like you're working somewhere good you know Okay, you're listening to the Off The Record podcast. Uh, don't forget to get in touch on our socials. Uh, we're OTR Scott on Instagram, Facebook, and our website is otrscott.com. Um, yeah, I'm loving this chat with Lindsay and Kirsten. They've got so many like good tips already just in part one. I know, I know. I, I'm, I've been writing them all down. I think I said that in the podcast. I was like, right, I need to write some of these down because I'm always trying to be savvy. But do you know what? I, one of the things that I do love is when they were talking about like new apps and new trends because I, I try and keep up with the new apps like TikTok. You won't catch me doing many of the trends, but I did get a lot of tips from TikTok on how to kind of up my social media game I'm too lazy for it if I'm not doing for a purpose I can get quite lazy for it but I do like to try it out when I have the time but actually I can imagine if you are in that job when a new app or a new trend comes along you're like oh okay something yeah, else totally. I need to learn now but they just seem to be like well like that's part of the territory of working in digital media so that's yeah they must be so used I know yeah um yeah I was really interested to hear more about like sort of misconceptions about their job because I think digital content creation is something that is kind of fairly new and only something that like people are starting to like respect more especially now when we're all kind of like living on the internet now more than ever so it was like really interesting to get their thoughts on that Oh, totally. Like, I mean, how long have we, like, put maybe, like, gone and put a post up and we take about four different shots of it, of something mm. at different angles, and then we're like, oh, the lighting's not quite right. Well, what about that filter? So we're de deciding that on, like, a really insignificant photo, whereas 
what yeah. they're trying to do they're really pushing a product or a band or a person or something out there so uh, that must be for them like magnified by like hundreds it's just so much that they have to consider and things like times as well so I think learning mm-hmm. a little bit more about that like it's not just a photo it's not just them taking a video and whapping up it's not just an Instagram story it's all really really considered which is probably great for like bands listening as well who are like thinking about hiring someone to do that for them because they'll have a better understanding Mm, totally and it's so worth it because yeah Yeah. it can like expose you to so many more people just if you have like a nice looking (laughs) instagram (laughs) good content you know (laughs) i know like i know bands i've never listened to their music and then like i'll go on their instagram oh oh my god they look so cool and then i'll like listen to their music i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know if that says more about me but (laughs) (laughs) it's like Um, even with things like algorithms and analytics i'm like i have no concept of that but like they clearly do which is great because that's exactly what you need because lots of people just be posting things up and thinking that's the job done but clearly mm-hmm. there's so much more to it. Yeah, totally. So yeah, in part two, we get to know a bit more about Kirsten and Lindsay's work and their career and sort of like projects and how they sort of handle like freelance life. And yeah, just a couple more tips for budding creators that want to get into some digital content. Yeah, I was curious to ask you, uh, Kirsten, so you work as like a marketing manager at the Dumfries Music Conference, which sort of aims to give young musicians more of a platform and sort of connect them with people in the industry. Um, Do you think you need to be in a city, a big city like Glasgow or Edinburgh to forge a career in the music industry? No, definitely not. (laughs) And I think that's that's one of our sort of aims through uh, DMC to kind of show people that you don't need you don't need to to live in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Dundee, um, and that you can do it in Dumfries in your hometown. And I always laugh because um, Mike and Colin, who are the the founders of DMC, they kind of came up with the idea that well, Miami has Miami Music Conference, so why can't Dumfries have a music conference? <laughs> and so that's where that's how we got called Dumfries Music Conference. Um, but one of the things that you know, we are really passionate about is building up the Dumfries music scene. Um, and I think we have a great music scene. It is, it's so lovely and we're just like a family, really. And if you ever get the chance to come to DMC, please do come. It's it's really lovely and fun. And because we're quite a small town, it, you know, you just feel like you know everyone. But mm-hmm. the, the great thing about what we can do, you know, through our connections, um, you know, with the Glasgow and Edinburgh music scene is that we can offer an opportunity to our musicians to meet with uh, people in Glasgow and Edinburgh. And, you know, we have uh, a young singer-songwriter and Dumfries, Kate Kyle, and, you know, we introduced her to Resonate and she ended up playing at Resonate one year, which was an amazing platform for her. And, you know, just to be able to help her build her career is is a a really amazing thing that we can do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's so much better to have talent coming from all over Glasgow because obviously exists I mean all over Scotland rather because <laughs> obviously it exists like across Scotland so it's nice hearing that you know I think it can feel that like if you're from a smaller place be like oh I don't fit in in that place or I don't have the same opportunities like as other people but it's nice seeing more people coming out the woodwork who like obviously come from smaller towns and are making really cool stuff and Lizzie you you work with tiny changes which is just 
I, I love Tiny Changes so much and everything they do. How has it been kind of joining them and, and working with their content? How, how have you found that move? It has been, like, amazing. Like, the whole team are just the nicest people you'll ever meet. Like, just as you can imagine, the, the way the charity comes across, that's just the way, like, the team are and they're really, like, nice and caring and the content we've been making with them has been really fun and, like, doing um, Tiny Gigs Festival during the summer, that was amazing. Like, it was just, considering everything that had on in the year with lockdown and stuff, it was, it was so cool to be able to work, like, help them with a little project like that and... It was just so great. Um, they're just so fun to work with. And I think at first, I'd, like when I was writing the copy for it um, and stuff, I did struggle a bit because it was just, I was going from like like businesses to like kind of third sector um, work. So it's the copy and the tone of things and like um, just you had to be kind of very aware of what you were writing at all times and stuff, just be super vigilant and, you know, um, so yeah, it was. It took a little bit of adjusting to it um, when I first started, but I feel like I've really got into the swing of things now, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the charity gets up to this year. So hopefully, some good things. Tiny gigs was a big thing to be <laughs> to be starting into, especially with lockdown that we had as well, and 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 actually just that entire idea of everyone kind of at that time there was like this real hype about these online gigs as well. So what a big project to be getting stuck into at the start. Yeah, that was the first online music event I've ever like been like a part of, sort of thing. Um, and it was at like I was like, oh yeah, we can jump on socials for like a few hours each day, but we ended up like coming <laughs> on because it was just very, like between getting all the acts on and their links and you know and posting all the content and stuff. But um, like Elka Studio in Glasgow made such an amazing job of like all their graphics and stuff. Like that's who did the rebrand mm. and. They, everything just looks so amazing so yeah like it was just such a fun one to work on it was really good I suppose that's the pros we can take away from lockdown at the moment and Kirsty you'll probably feel the same as like doing these things that we wouldn't have done before like these online gigs you know things like that wouldn't maybe have crossed our mind as much you know yeah. and to do like a full-on online festival is just mind-blowing and actually quite revolutionary yeah I totally I, I'm so amazed at all the you know the music conferences that have been able to to pivot and adapt to to create something online and that's mm -hmm. uh, what we did with Dumfries Music Conference in October and although of of course it's a real pressure uh, to move your in real life music conference to a digital platform but the real advantage of that is that you can especially you know us being based in Dumfries that we can engage with a huge audience that we wouldn't have engaged with before through you know anybody could take part in that anybody could watch those videos and we ended up um having people you know coming from all over engaging with people that we'd we'd never met before and now that they're really interested in what we're doing and they've been following along um so there are definitely advantages and and disadvantages but overall i just feel everybody has done such an amazing job of of creating this online content hundred percent mm. definitely you um you guys sort of mentioned earlier sort of um one of the things that is people don't realize is like how much how expensive some equipment is to do the work that you do but I was sort of curious to know like what would you say are like key basic items for someone who wants to start making digital content does it have to be super expensive to get into what you want to do I think like 
one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard is like don't wait for something to be perfect to just to do it like for example I would say like if you're saving up for a camera or something like that don't wait until you've got the camera to do it just work with what you've got because like like I love photography and I love cam like proper like you know everything that's like shot really nicely and like you can obviously tell the difference between the quality but I feel like there is so much you can do on um phones these days and like video editing software like so much free so many free apps and stuff is like your hand so I feel like I would say like don't wait until you think something's going to be perfect to like get started on something because I just feel like just getting started is the most important thing yeah I, I, I agree and you know, I guess this comes back to, you know, what we were saying about, like, being passionate about your job and that, you know, as a photographer, you get so many people being like, oh, what kind of camera do you use? And it's kind of frustrating because it's like, it's not really about the camera and the equipment. It's about, you know, how I view something or or how I take the photo. Um, and in that case, you can take an incredible photo on your phone and uh, there's been so many amazing iPhone photos that all these campaigns where you see them and I think that if the passion is there and the excitement is there you can create something amazing with a phone and a laptop um mm. but I, I would say if you're really interested in in pursuing a career in content creation then you know investing in a good camera is is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself 100 percent you know you've just spoken out there about like all these kind of resources that we can have at our fingertips even just with like a good phone though so do you have like any tips for people who want to learn cool content tips is there any like resources or apps or anything that you'd recommend like tiktok is really good for like editing tips um i've noticed i've been like saving loads of those and just things you maybe wouldn't think to do like different ways to like kind of mix up your stories and edit different ways and they've got a lot on like videography as well which is something I kind of want to do a lot more of so as like a beginner in the videography it's, it's good to learn from that and it's obviously so instant and condensed that it's just like it's really easy to take in as well so I would say like TikTok. <laughs> yeah I've, I've noticed that you know a lot of the like my favorite photographers on Instagram have started to create like um, online guides or they've been creating reels of like giving advice and resources and I would say you know if you just look at some of your favorite photographers they might be you know giving out information they might be selling like presets showing you tutorials of how they edit their photos things like that and to be honest a lot of the time if you reach out to them they're more than happy to help um, but I suppose it's like you know another one of those things where something's in trend like I remember like two years ago that Huji Cam was yeah. like that, you know number one app to have and all my photos were like taken on Huji Cam and now I don't even think I would even consider using it so <laughs> I suppose it's just like keeping up with like what's trending and just taking advantage of everything that's out there. I still love Hoojicam. Just gonna put it out there. I am still <laughs> mad in love with Hoojicam. A combination of Hoojicam and VSEO, guys. Okay, yes. I am yes. in love. 
<laughs> uh, and filming I had prequels for a bit but it was just still a bit like I don't know like some of them you, you pick and choose you pick and yeah, choose yeah I was a fan of prequel for a while and then now I've just gone off it but yeah VSCO it's like in my heart forever it's so good. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad there's another VSTO fan yeah. here. Um, you know, we spoke kind of leading off that like we've spoken a lot about style on this podcast. And I often think, especially when you're creating content for other people, you know, is it important to have your own style as well as the ones that you work for? Um I think so. I, I mean I suppose you know, like for my own like I work as a photographer and you know, I've got my own photography page and I, I very much just do how, what I would like to do and edit in my own style um, and sometimes people will hire me for that reason because they like the way that my photos look they like you know the eye like what kind of things I capture but there are times I suppose if I've been hired for a job that I'll I'll change the way I edit I'll change the kind of photos I take but as I've kind of gotten older and, and progressed more and kind of um, cemented my own you know sort of branding you know I'm more comfortable in in my own sort of style um and I try to sort of be consistent across the you know each platform that I'm or each uh, client that I'm working for yeah I feel like I feel, totally agree like sometimes when you get hired for something like whether it's like a photography job or like an Instagram ad like they like your stuff or if it's a new client or something they like your style and that's why they've kind of chosen to hire you so it's that's kind of the best kind of employment terms really like when someone loves what you do and they want you because of that so that's good and I, I do think as well like being more confident in your creative style comes um with like experience as well and like over time you build that up so when someone hires you like you're confident and like you know what you're going to make is like going to be great you know so working in a creative industry often means working freelance so what are your tips for managing freelance work and what do you kind of wish someone had told you when you first started freelancing um I wish somebody had told me that it was okay to say no <laughs> um I, I feel like when you're freelance it's so easy just to say yes to everything because you want to take on as many opportunities as possible but then there's also the you know the boring part where it's like you got to think about money and in that case you end up getting overworked you know burnout I hear so many of my freelance friends always say they feel really burned out and I think it's really easy to to get to that point um but I think it's really important to take on the projects that you feel really passionate about um, and, you know, it, you are kind of like in a really great position where you can, you know, pick and choose what you what you want to do. Um, I think it's really important to have boundaries as well, i.e. not working past, you know, 6pm, not taking work calls in the evening, things like that, which is so easy to, to get into a habit of. But I think, especially, you know, if you work in like the music industry, because, you know, music is my social life I'll go to gigs I'll mm. you know I'll, I'll go to acoustic nights so in that sense it's kind of difficult to separate your social life and your work life but I think if you're able to find a balance and set boundaries I think that is the best advice I could I could give anyone entering into the freelance world 
I was just going to say, yeah, like um, having a, a good work-life balance, it's hard, it's hard to achieve, but I think, yeah, just kind of setting boundaries, being like, if you tell yourself no emails after six, like really try and stick to it because otherwise, like people like pay you for your freelance rates and stuff, but you know, it's like you almost become on call like 24 seven mm-hmm. and just need to like kind of weigh things up and just, yeah, just balance everything. Like an email can wait, you know? So um, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm curious to know just with the two of you then actually with this kind of new way of working, and freelancers often work from home and and work alone and things like that. How has that been, particularly in like during the kind of like the pandemic, though, for you guys? Have you found those kind of boundaries being quite difficult to set? Um, kind of, yeah. I think you know it's consistent with a lot of people is that you know you're at home. You're, you know, the pub's not open, you're not doing anything else, so why have you not replied to my email? <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I suppose it's this idea of that, you know, everybody knows that you're at home, and it, it almost plays into this idea that you have to be available 24-7. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I've, I feel like I've really gotten to a point where I've I've really sort of been able to figure out my sort of you know working days and who I work for and which days and and which days are my photography days um and I think you just have to stick with it as much as possible and um just yeah just again just really try and stick to those boundaries um because once somebody realizes that you're not going to reply to their email at 7 p.m they'll they'll know that for next time um and and yeah it's just kind of setting those reminders yeah I think I agree as well like I feel like because you are at home like people well, I suppose everyone's different but you could assume that someone would be like oh she's home why isn't she answering <laughs> <laughs> like you know and I suppose it's kind of the same is just it's, it's just adjusting for everyone as well like just setting your boundaries even with like people in your household like if you're working like obviously you're still in your house and stuff so it's easier to get distracted like for people to distract you as well so I think just like setting boundaries is just a good big tip for lockdown working. (laughs) Setting boundaries for lockdown, life, just set boundaries. I was wondering how how do you find we talk a lot about style on the, the podcast and stuff. I was just wondering, like, sort of touched on it earlier, if there are any other, like, artists or content creators that sort of inspired the work you do now? I really like um, content creators and um, sort of artist-type um, people that do things a bit differently. Like, so I've watched a lot of YouTube when I was growing up, and that's kind of how I got into, like, blogging in the first place. And um, there's a YouTuber called Helen Anderson, and oh. she's, yeah she's always been a bit different like her content's always been a bit like she's just done what she wants and if people don't watch it they don't watch it you know it's like she just doesn't really she doesn't make con- content please people kind of thing and I really like that I think um like Megan Ellaby as well she's like a similar sort of vibe and yeah I just look for people who are most like authentically themselves um yeah yeah, I love Megan Ellaby as well. Um, I think um, for me, like I, I really like I'm inspired by music photographers. That's like the people that I follow most on on Instagram. Um, 
I really love, uh, she's called Jennifer McCord. Um, she she does photos for Ellie Goulding and um, her, I don't know what it is, but they're just so raw and like beautiful and there's just, yeah, something about them and I'm really inspired by what she does and it's her images are all black and white and they're just, yeah, amazing. Um, I try to sort of let go of a lot of like, the technicalities when it comes to photography because I try and you know let the emotions speak or whatever and yeah she's very much inspired me to kind of take that sort of lead with my photography. I love that style of photography as well like sometimes I think even if it's not most the most like technically perfect photo like if you capture like something really special or like a one-off moment I just feel like so or maybe do something a little bit differently I feel like it's so much more interesting than something that might be like perfectly shot and perfectly timed so I think having a bit of ruggedness is like really good in photography as well yeah totally so I suppose thinking about everything that you've learned and from the beginning going through lockdown and continuing to go through lockdown all these changing apps and tools I suppose what kind of lessons have you learned and and maybe what advice would you give to someone who wants to work in digital content within the music industry? I would just say if there's something you want to do, like don't be hesitant about like doing it because you think because a lot of people um are kind of scared to start stuff because they're like, oh, someone's already done that, or or maybe if you live in a small town, you're like, oh, like I need to live in the city or something. But like I live way outside Glasgow and I feel like getting started with like my blog and my photography and stuff was the best thing I've ever done and you do meet so many people online and through what you do and stuff so I feel like don't be scared to just be creative and get out there and do something a bit different I think that's my number one piece of advice. Yeah I think right now we're at a real advantage where everybody is online you know there are there are no real opportunities to like meet people in real life and and I, I would say just take advantage of that as much as possible and um, don't, like, don't stop creating. If you want to create content, if you want to take photos, if you want to create videos, you're going to get noticed if you're consistent and you're, you know, doing stuff all the time and doing stuff that are, you know, creative and different. Um, and, I, you know, I do think the music industry perhaps has this, reputation for being quite difficult to get into or or being quite hard to work in but you know everybody that I've ever met is so lovely so nice and there's always somebody who's willing to give you some advice and just reach out to people if you if you want to chat or know anything I, I just think yeah don't be afraid and it just have a bit of confidence really that's what I love about this podcast everyone's just like yeah just do it don't be afraid oh. just go and do it <laughs> so that was great to hear from Lindsay and Kirsten all about their work and such a good chat for I think some good genuine tips in there for people who do want to get into digital content and especially from like Kirsten's end you don't have to be like in the central belt to work in music or at least get your start in music she started off in Dumfries working with a local scene and it's totally something you can get into no matter where you are especially now that everyone's stuck inside so you can totally like 
get started with just your phone and whatever you have around. Like it doesn't have to be super expensive equipment at start, which I also thought was a very useful tip. Absolutely, and like just hearing that Lindsay's worked with so many different brands and and people from where she lives as well. She's not like in the centre of Glasgow either. She's outside, so okay. you know, there's lots of opportunities. Don't feel like you have to be in the central belt, as you said. You know that's the beauty of digital I suppose is actually you don't have and we've learned that this year I suppose you don't have to be in that place it can all be done um, remotely which is really really exciting but what I thought was also really good with that territory is knowing when to kind of like step back and make sure that you're not like putting too much into all of that like don't make yourself too available remember you are a person outside your projects which is probably quite tricky at times especially when you're really passionate about it so I thought that was quite cool yeah, burnout is real. <laughs> oh, don't we know it? <laughs> don't we know it? We sympathize, freelancers, we sympathize. Um, I also really loved, again, just talking about like what you said there about like using your phone. We have so many cool apps. I mean, I was showing my age by saying I still love Huji and I will always love Huji. Um, oh my God, yes. Yeah. I think I'm the only one still using you um, but yeah there's so many really really cool apps out there loads of them are for free you know and enjoy those free trials invest them find ones that work for you and work for your style because that's obviously very important and like Lindsay said use apps to find tips and tricks just like TikTok that's really cool advice yeah exactly um so yeah don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as we've got loads of more talented guests coming up from the scottish music industry to chat so yeah please subscribe don't forget exactly because we had such great guests like Kirsten and Lindsay thank you both for coming and we've got even more guests coming up so hit subscribe because you do not want to miss out on who we've got coming up next so yeah don't forget to get in touch on our instagram facebook on our website and we'll see you next time See you next time. Off the Record is produced with support from Creative Scotland, Youth Music Initiative, PRS Foundation, in association with Youth Music, the Academy of Music and Sound, EMU Bands, and the Association of Independent Music.